Hello, I'm Thomas Carruthers. I'm your legator. I bit my tongue. <laughs> I bit, bit on my tongue. I bit my tongue straight away. Jumping up and down on the alligators, riding up and down on the escalators. What's that? Uh, bedtime stories. Oh my God. It's <laughs> Russell Brand. <laughs> I'm just going to quote a Adam Sandler movie later. Um, a couple of them actually well no a couple of quotes from that one movie because I have a couple of well we'll get to it when we talk about possible movie casts and dream movie and all that sort of thing because because I have I have a possibility that I think could work but anyway let's not get ahead of ourselves um, a funny thing happened on the way to the forum Will it indeed uh, this is our third episode in our Sondheimathon our celebration of Sundan. And this is our first episode with music and lyrics by Stephen Sundan. Um, unofficially, we've talked about West Side Story multiple times. We talked officially about Gypsy last week, uh, last episode rather. And today we're talking about a funny thing that happened on the way to the forum. Before uh, next episode, we, we enter the, well, we're in the 60s. Are we in the 60s? I can't remember. Anyway, I'm talking a load of crap. Um, this is an odd, well, no, it's not an odd one. We've gone about this one a little bit differently this week um, for various reasons. Originally, I planned this as for the focus of the episode to be the film. But after watching the film... Told me not to bother. The film is absolutely <laughs> dreadful. I have a quote. Let's talk about the film. Um... This is a quote from the book uh, Sondheim and Co by uh, Craig Zidane. The film was a terrible failure, financially and artistically. Um, there's only what? There's only like four of the songs in it. All of them are this terrible, weird montage style, just no aesthetic at all. It's really, really terrible. The gags that are still good in the show still work. There are some really funny lines. And Paddington Bear's in there. Michael, Michael, um, Matthew Orden. Not Matthew Orden. What's his name? Paddington Bear. Um, um, ben Wishaw. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be one of them, is it? Um, 
Paddington. Oh, good. I enjoyed that. You were all right. Michael Horden, that's it. Michael, Michael Horden. And he's in it. And a funny, uh, sorry, one of the best songs in the show, unequivocally, everybody ought to have a maid. You know, such a joyous, bouncy, fun song. He just speaks like it's a Shakespeare sonnet. He goes, everybody ought to have a maid. Everybody ought to have a walking girl. Everything's like so soft and slow. <laughs> it's really weird. And the comedy tonight is just terrible and just features a lot of chaos from the from the, the rest of the film in like montage style. And it's just really bad. Um, so yeah, don't don't bother. Nobody watch the film. Just don't. We'll talk about the film again later, but don't watch the film. Instead, we listened to the album loads and loads and loads and read the Wikipedia. I have the book, I have the libretto, and I read read all of that as well. Um, I knew you'd like this, Will. I, I, well, no, I, did you like this, Will? I loved it. I knew you'd like this, Will. <laughs> um, it's just it's just a perfect farce, and, and we love farce. Um, it's his straightest comedic farce. Many people have actually described Sweeney Todd as a farce, uh, which I think is an exciting um, prospect, which I can see, actually. Like, the final half an hour of Sweeney Todd is just pure farce. Joanna in the, Joanna in the cupboard. What, what's happening, Will? What are you doing? Banter. Banter. You should be bantering with your host. Will has a lady friend in the room with him. Right. Hold on, I've locked everyone out of the room. Right, okay, one minute. Will has dealt with his saw trap of trapping people. <laughs> I'm doing a podcast. I'd like to play a game. <laughs> um, yeah, which I, I, I can see a lot of the Sondheim, uh, sorry, the Sweeney Todd being a fast thing. I can see that, like Turpin dying and then Turpin screaming and then Sweeney running. And then all that sort of thing. I can see the 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 skeleton of a farce with obviously deeply tragic and emotional uh, complications. Um, whereas funny thing happened on the way to the forum is just pure, pure joy, pure farce. Um, so, Will, what was your what was your relationship beforehand? Did you know any of the songs? I knew nothing. Absolutely no. I, I didn't. I didn't even know it was is set in the olden days until I listened to it. Yeah. What is a forum? I, I didn't even know what the title meant. <laughs> you thought it was true. Well, it, I'm going to be quoting this a lot throughout these 20 episodes, but there's the great episode of Documentary Now written by John Mulaney, who was obviously a diehard Sunday fan. And um, they do a parody version of uh, the company original cast album documentary, which we're doing an episode on. And he has, um, he has a joke where he goes, uh, oh, I can't remember, but he has like this ridiculously long title and he goes, uh, which at the time was the longest title on Broadway. <laughs> but anyway, uh, a funny thing happened on the way to the forum. I don't know, a forum's like a big, big Roman. Right, let me Google this because I, uh, but it's only going to come up with, one minute, Roman Forum. Also known by its Latin name, Forum. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that makes sense now. Um, is a regular forum, plaza, 
surrounded by the ruins of several important ancient government buildings at the centre of the city of Rome. So it's a plaza. So it's like the, where the where the show is set. Like he's, you know, and he says that, you know, and the, these are the three houses and, you know, and all that sort of thing. Well, I've got it here from the original libretto. Um, the place is a street in Rome in front of the houses of Erroneus, Senex and Lycus. The time is 200 years before the Christian era, a day in spring. <laughs> um, well, what's your relationship to farce? Have you ever been in a farce? Have you uh, seen many farces? Um, I like Faulty Towers. Yes, I, I, let's let's stay theatrical. Have you seen oh. like a like a um... play that goes wrong? Can you count that? Yeah, definitely, farce? definitely, yeah. definitely, definitely. It's sort of a metatextual farce, I'd say, mm. a postmodern farce. I watched um, a stage adaptation of The Shawshank Redemption. Many described that as a farce. That was pretty farcical. Uh... <laughs> oh my god! Just the beauty of Morgan Freeman saying those words and conveying that 10 years of a man's far well no it's about five years in between red leaving and andy escaping it's like conveying the beauty of five years of life and frank darabont's beautiful direction and the montage and and the things that we see and the things that we don't see and they chose to do that with a one man and a box of hats <laughs> then i left then i went to find my friend andy Thought, oh my god! And then, obviously, we talked about this before on the on the on the short show Redemption episode. The walls parted, well, and the windows background. <laughs> oh my god! Who did we see as Andy? He was some EastEnders guy, wasn't he? Was it? Yeah, it was Phil Mitchell. <laughs> no, that was uh, that was. Um, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Sleuth. I thought both were EastEnders. EastEnders. Were they? I don't know. I mean, everyone's been in EastEnders nowadays. Apart from me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, however, I would much rather be in a funny thing happened on the way to the forum. Um, have you seen Noises Off, Will? No. That's pure. Either. That's that's great. That's a great play. I'll take you to that next time it's on, if it's ever on. Um, anyway. Uh, yeah, no. I, I think it's fair to say we both deeply love farce. Um, and I think... It's fair to say, beyond what um, Mischief Theatre are doing, it's not really present anymore. Mm. Like um, in the last play, in the in the last Goes Wrong show episode, they sort of had a mini farce making fun of classic seventies farces. Because I think when people think of farce, I'm going to see how many times I can say it in one episode, but they think of those bawdy seventies. Oh, I say, you know, like, oh, 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 Mr. 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 Johnson. Oh, Mr. Johnson's in the back room. It's a tight passage. Oh, don't leave Johnson in a tight passage. Oh, I say, you know, it's all that sort of stuff. And obviously a lot of that's dated. And, um, you know, like the, my amateur dramatic theatre company that I was with, we did a panto, a musical, and the adults did a farce. And... One of them, I swear to God, this was the ending. It was called Holiday Snaps. And it was just a regular, you know, every, oh, oh, I think I'm Spanish, but actually I'm British. And, oh, I do, I say, oh, I say. And it was all that sort of thing. And it goes on forever. And the first half's always really boring. And then the second half's really funny. 
and there's loads of doors and slamming in the face and all that sort of thing. And then it ended up with six people hiding in the closet and they all came out at the end wearing sheets and they were like, who are you? We're Camp Arabs. And then that was it. And the curtain closed. And I thought, what the hell sort of ending is that? Um, have you seen any sort of town hall farce as well? Speak. Will's mic was off. Uh, Will's mic's back on. Uh, yeah, I don't go to a lot of local theatre, really. Because you hate, you hate the arts. <laughs> Defund the arts. I, I think, you know, uh, William Luggins, 2022. Um, <laughs> if anything, have another way to the forum. I think we're due a UK revival. I think we are. Last, last time, I'm reading here, last time there was any revival of sorts was in the 90s. Well, that was the broad, that was Broadway. But uh, we, yeah, we had a national theatre production in the early 2000s with Philip Quast, who we will see later in our Follies uh, discussion. But, um, and I believe he also played uh, George, George Sorrell. Um, so he's a bit of a Sundown boy. Uh, but what are, what are we, what are we yes, uh, funny thing happened on the way to, I think it's about Jew, a revival. Yeah, the big one was in the 90s, the big, well, anyway, Will, you're getting ahead of ourselves. We're talking, we're not talking about, production history yet uh, but um yes i'm i'm a big fan of the show especially the music and uh, it's one of those things where i wish i could see it i'm just being selfish when it comes to talking about revivals because i want to see it because reading a farce you know you laugh then and again but it's it's nothing compared to actually seeing all the running on and all the running off mm. and um and the songs are great the songs are just the songs are great we're going to be talking a lot about the songs naturally and sometimes relationship with them because it has changed through the years and it is an interesting one, I, I have to say. Um, currently, Will, just listening to the music, where is Forum slotting in on your Sundown overall ranking? We, we, I don't think we've talked Sundown rankings yet, have we? No, um, it's... It's crept up there because I've, obviously I I don't know as much as you in any 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 sense. Mm. Um, I, I was going to say the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sweetie's definitely the top for the minute. Um, yeah. Woods is still high. George is still high. Um, you have a person. We're going to talk about this obviously, but you have a personal relationship with Into the Woods. I do. Uh, I do. I th I do think being in a show makes you like it more. Not even for nostalgia, but I think you understand it more. You, you, you grow to like the songs and understand the music itself a bit more. I think you're trying to describe Stockholm Syndrome, Will, but I, I, do, I, do, <laughs> I do agree with you. Yes, I, there is something. My, my tutor, uh, Stephen, um, my tutor, Steve, he worked in the theatre when, when there was a production of, West, of um, Streetcar Named Desire on. And... Hearing that over and over again, every single day, you know, eight shows a week, he, he's a writer. And he was like, it's the greatest education I ever had. Because, you know, you can, hearing those words over and over again, you know, the rhythms and the stuff. No, I know what you're saying. I, I guess my love of, I'm trying to think now. What's that? Uh, uh, Wizard of Oz, I guess, 
is a very well-loved show. What's a show that I... I guess Footloose will. Oh, that's good. Footloose is one of my favourite shows. Because Footloose isn't an exceptional show on a surface level. No. no. But being in it and that yeah. sort of thing. And also it's quite joyous. Yeah. And so it's quite fun. And obviously we, I was drinking a lot. You stopped drinking because you uh, had I, a panic I, attack. I had to be told to stop drinking. <laughs> yes. We had to. The show wouldn't have gone on. Yes, because yes, you have you grew you grow rather um, un, 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 un nervy about your performance uh, after some drink. You were like, "Oh no!" It's like, "Now, well, you're fine. You've just uh, had a thimble of red wine." Uh, <laughs> I, when it comes to drink. Have you gotten better? Well, no, you haven't really, because we drank that day, the other day, the other week, and you were... We glimpsed behind the curtain, everybody. Me and Will had a day drinking, uh, then later met um, Will's current lady friend, and uh, Will said, have you got some chewing gum? This was only after, what, two pints, some wine. We had a big meal, so a lot of wine. We had a lovely Italian. We had a lovely Italian meal. And uh, we drank in a wine cellar. We drank in a wine cellar at 11 a.m. And what did you uh, message your friends? I, I don't know. You <laughs> said, he, I, I've messaged Harry. He's taken oh, yeah. put, he's taken me to a wine Strange wines. Well, it was, I got to King's Cross at like 11, mm. uh, expecting a new arrive pretty serious. Like, oh, yeah, do you want to get a coffee? Like, no, I know this great wine cellar. Yeah. Well, what don't you understand? You're at uni. <laughs> You have parties all the time. I work a night job in a bar. I have to savour these moments. Um, you know what? A funny thing happened that day. That reminds me of a show. Well, well played. Wizard of Oz. <laughs> a funny thing happened on the way to the forum. Uh, book by uh, Bert Shovelov and uh, Larry Gelbars, who I Larry Gelbar, I believe, was the mash guy. I know, is it? You've never even seen MASH? No, it's, it's, it's not on when I was a kid. It's old-fashioned. Yeah, neither was the Beatles. You're still... Yeah, he was the MASH guy. He also had a big hand in writing the um, screenplay for Tootsie, one of my uh, all-time favourite mm. movies. Um, that's one. Nutty Hospital. Uh, based on the plow, pl plows of Plautus, Jesus Christ. Based on the plays of Plautus. Uh, this is a scenario for vaudevillians. There are many details omitted from the script. They are part of the comedian's bag of tricks, the double take, the mad walks, the sighs, the stammering. All these and more are, to, are intended to be supplied by the actor and hopefully the reader. I am laughing because me typing that out autocorrected and this is what it said. The double takes, the mad walks, the seeks, the stammering. Now, <laughs> it's been a while since I've been in a comedy, but I don't think um, the Sikhs and uh, having a Sikh on board is a proponent for comedy. Uh, but who knows? It was a different time. Uh, different times, different times. Uh, introductions. Um, McLaughlin, uh, Stephen Sondheim and the reinvention of the American musical. The first produced show for which Sondheim wrote music and lyrics and was a classical farce rethought through the, fame, through the frame of vaudeville with a fast-paced book and a score that instead of keeping the plot moving, 
deliberately stopped the action so the audience could catch a breath. So let's talk about this now. So there's a lot of discussion around the songs in this show. They're undeniably great because Sondheim, you know, can't can't piss wrong. Uh, you know, any song that he writes, even his throwaway ones, have a glimpse of brilliance. These so happen to be this so happens to be a very lovely score uh, and some great great songs. However, there is this whole large discussion, and Sondheim is part of it as well. Sondheim has said repeatedly. I underestimated how funny the book was going to be. And so he feels that he should have made all of his songs less funny. He should have tried to be less funny, um, which, I, again, I disagree with. And there's a lot of discussion about the songs either giving the play pause and giving people a chance to breathe. You know, it's a big farce. And, you know, the, as these things build and build and build and build and build, uh, it goes quite uh, tiring. For instance, for, oh my God, bit my tongue again. <laughs> for instance, I watched Jackass Forever the other day. Excellent. Um, by the time that this is released, you will have all read my 10 out of 10 review. But, oh yeah, big time. But <laughs> there are moments in the editing of that movie where they're giving you a chance to breathe. Because you can't have prank after prank after prank, you would grow weary. Same with the Naked Gun and Airplane. The Zuckers have talked about before that there is always a period of about five minutes where there is less jokes. And it's A, to give people a chance to go to the bathroom and B, a chance to slow down and let people catch their breath so that the final half an hour is funnier than anything. And that concept comes here in the form of the songs, many people believe. I, I, I agree somewhat However, also disagree, because obviously everybody ought to have a maid is hilarious. And I'm calm. A fine song has a really funny conceit that an actor could do wonders with. Impossible, a hilarious song, brilliant stuff. Um, Sondheim has some mixed feelings when it comes to stuff like Pretty Little Picture, a song which I think is beautiful and very well written and uh, flows great and the lyrics are fantastic, but absolutely does nothing for the plot. And so is often cut, as a matter of fact, from productions. Um, this is another show where songs have been put in and out through the years. Um, that will show him, for instance, um, Philly's song from the second act is often replaced by now with um, an Echo song, which is a love duet. Uh, also, you know, one of those weird things that happens when they did the revival, they had a big star in the role of um, Hero's mother. And she hated that she only had one song in the second act, that dirty old man. And so she asked for another song. And so they wrote a song called Farewell, which is in the first act. And it's when they're, you know, like about to leave uh, the mum and dad. And it's this funny song and it's sex texts that never end. And it's like, so I'm saying, oh, I'm back. And, it, and, it, and she never leaves. And it's one of those, you know, humorous, humorous concepts. Uh, and then there's a big tap dance because uh, the actress playing the role was friends with the choreographer and said, I'd love to tap dance. <laughs> so that's kind of that when it comes to the history of the show. Um, based in 
that McLaughlin again, it's based in and celebrating old comic forms and having as its main purpose to make the audience laugh itself silly. I mean, it's all there in comedy tonight. You know, tragedy tomorrow, comedy tonight. Let's, it's the first line of the show. We, uh, we plan to implore every device in our desire to divert you. What is comedy but an excuse? What is jackass but 90 minutes where we don't have to think about the misery of life and we can just laugh at a bunch of idiots? What is a big Broadway hilarious comedy musical than an evening at the theatre where we can forget everything and maybe in the interval you check your phone and your um, girlfriend has texted you, um, why is everybody asking why we split up? Uh, and maybe that does ruin the second act of a show for you. Uh, that's always a fun story. That was Phantom. That wasn't a um, show. That was always that was a really fun story. Um, I, 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 it gets funnier every time you tell it. It gets funnier every time I tell it. And also sadder. Uh, it's one of those things where distance actually uh, doesn't change anything. <laughs> uh, great, great stuff. Uh, Sundime on Forum. Forum is not generally thought of as being experimental, but I find it very experimental. Forum is a direct antithesis of the Rogers and Hammerstein school. The songs could be removed from the show and it wouldn't make any difference. Now, yes, technically, but that's a lot of shows. They, it would make a tremendous difference because it would be a breakneck speed farce that wouldn't, couldn't sustain, couldn't sustain two hours. I'll bring him up again, Steve, my tutor. He says that when it comes to noises off, um, he doesn't find it as funny as it goes on. Like the third act isn't that funny, and I think that's because noises off kind of defeats the unspoken rule of farce which is the first act can't be that funny. <laughs> You'll watch a 40 Towers episode and of, of it, rather famously, they're all different lengths and different, yeah. you know, they're not just like the 25 minute formula. Usually those first 15 minutes are not slow and they always have great gags, like there's too much butter on those trays. No, uno, dos, tres is hilarious <laughs> and great, but it's great gags and it's great lines because you've got to build a dragonfly. You've got to build it all up so that that final half an hour can be absolutely breakneck. Um, yeah. So, yeah, there we go. What was I going to say? So let's start number by number. Um, oh, do you, oh, I should have checked this before. Well, do you have your top five lyrics and your top four songs? Oh, I've got, I've got my top four songs. I haven't got your top five lyrics, have you? Mm -hmm. All right. Will is a fake fan. Well, I, I'm interested what your top four songs are going to be. I think we'll have. Hmm. Well, I said this last time and I was wrong. I think I think we got the three of the same at least. Yeah, I th I don't know what your yes. I I think I think we've come to find that there will be three of the same in a wild card. Um. Oh, I don't know why I bring it up because I just get I just want to know. <laughs> I don't know why I bring it up, but anyway. Um, let's start. I think we can say this. Comedy Tonight is one of your top four songs, surely. Yeah. Yeah, thank God. I think it's one of the best opening numbers. Um, rather I recognised it as well. 
Yeah, so this is what I was going to say with um, Did You Know Any of the Songs? I think, like, Comedy Tonight and Everybody Ought to Have a Maid, I thought, surely you've heard those. I knew Comedy Tonight. Yeah, not, not Everybody Ought to Have a Maid. Anyway, um, it's just great, joyous, hilarious fun. Rather famously, um, it was failing out of tryouts, the show, uh, because they had Lovers in the Air, which is in our Sundance song canon, uh, as the opening number. A delightful soft shoe song, just beautiful. But it was soft and bouncy and delightful and didn't really set the tone. Um, Sondheim's advice from Hammerstein. Hammerstein told Sondheim that the job of an opening number is to introduce the story and perhaps the characters in an entertaining way and more importantly, to lay down the ground rules for the audience establishing a tone and telling them what kind of show to expect. Nothing personifies that more to me than Comedy Tonight, because Comedy Tonight, and funny thing happened on the way to the forum, has that sort of fourth wall element where it can say, it's a comedy tonight. You know, like, um, there are many other excellent opening numbers, but none of them can say, you know, Look Down can't say, tonight will be a depressing evening with an ending of hope. You know, that's not how it works, you know. Um, whereas Comedy Tonight can say, you know, it's a comedy tonight and we're going to have a great time. It gives away that it's going to be a happy ending. No royal curse, no Trojan horse and a happy ending, of course. And it's just like, it kind of puts you at ease and a warm comfort. Yeah. No matter how, you know, complex the farce is going to get and no matter how rock bottom certain characters will get, we know that it's going to be a happy ending. How, what, 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 how do you feel about comedy tonight, Bob? It's, it's kind of, it's a bit like, you know, like Shakespeare, where they introduced the song, the show. It's kind of yeah. like that setting the scene, which kind of goes with the Roman setting. Mm -hmm. I think that works well as a whole. Mm. So this was Joan Robbins, Jerome Robbins is doing. Um, he was originally brought on to direct, but that all fell through and complications and the like. And then he got brought in, I think it was in Boston, uh, to try and help with this opening number problem. And he had basically restaged the final chase and staged comedy tonight once Sundime had written it. And uh, just another, you know, a masterful stroke of genius from that genius. Um, in the libretto, to start off with, Pseudolus is credited first as Prologus. Uh, he walks in and salutes the audience. <laughs> Uh, and then, obviously, he is then credited as Pseudolus from the point that he goes, um, ah, there is one character I greatly admire. You know, he's a character of such wit and skill and something so masterful and requires an actor of such cunning. Let me put it this way. I play the role. You know, great gag that you can see a thousand miles away, but does yeah. bring you in. Let's talk about Pseudolus as a character. Um, so here's a fact. Every actor who has opened the role of Pseudolus on Broadway, Mustel, Joel Silvers, and Nathan Lane, has won a Best Lead Actor Tony Award. Jason Alexander, in one scene, also won the Tony Award for Best Actor um, for, for the musical Jerome Robbins' Broadway, which was sort of a um, jukebox evening um, sort of thing. And he did comedy tonight in that, as well as other things. And he also won the Tony Award for Best Lead Actor. So it is kind of one of those... Shakespearean roles where 
you're going to get the nomination. No, if you can pull this off, you're going to get the nomination yeah. because you've got the whole show in your back. You've got multiple songs. It's it's like Mama Rose. It's one of those huge, huge roles that if you get even vaguely right, the show will take you along for the ride and you can't be bad, basically. Um, I presume this is a role you wish to play with. It is. Um, I, I see you as a Senex, possibly. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm drinking apple juice. I'm healthy. <laughs> um, yes, I can... I'm, I'm, I'm quite. I'm saying I've perfected it, and now I won't be able to do it. Why did you look at her that way? I, I, the the way in which the man speaks, I kind of got. Okay, fifty. Um, and also, yes, everybody sees me as an old man, which is good. Um, uh, my tummy's rumbling. Well, uh, no particular reason why. Uh, yeah, I can see that. This is a weird thing that we started doing. Well, not that weird. We're both musical theatre people, and so, and we're both vain and boastful. So, of course, we, you know, who would you be? Um, again, talking about the, the the song, nothing with gods, nothing with fate. Weighty affairs, we'll just have to wait. Um, you know, you don't have to worry. We're not doing anything pretentious. <laughs> we're just going to have a fun time. Um, Mad Men again has, has stained my love of forum. Because there's the wonderful, I think it's Maiden Form, where like Doug Phillips has the kids for a weekend and he's like, I've got his tickets for Forum. And uh, and the kids go, Richard already took us to see it, the new stepdad. Richard already took us to go see it. Well, not from these seats. <laughs> and um, so I always think of poor Doug Phillips, <laughs> him laughing for the first time at all the gags and the kids just going, uh, yeah, it's funnier the first time. Um. Is comedy tonight your favourite song in the show? One, no. We don't rank our top. We don't rank our top four songs, but um, no. Um, well, no, we will. Oh, of course we yeah. do. Of course we do. Um, okay. I'm so. I'm sorry. Um, soon, yeah, I talked about that. Nothing that's grim. Nothing that's Greek. She plays Medea later this week, and also it kind of brings us into the world of. Um, of that sort of Roman theatre, of, of like, they would do these plays multiple times, they would do a tragedy tomorrow, they would do a comedy yeah. one night, and that sort of factory quality, it sort of brings us into it's that. It's like stock characters as well, isn't it? Yeah. With like Hero and that, that sort of thing. Hero and, and uh, Fillier and Sudalus, and, and also the joy of this being sort of fourth wall breaky, means that Philia can have a song like Lovely, where she can acknowledge that she is just a beautiful woman. I'm lovely, absolutely lovely. And, and you know, and obviously that is the hilarious reprise, but Philia can just have that song where she goes, and then she like forgets Hero's name. And there are many ways that you can take the role of Philia. Of course, you know, modern day, some people may, you know, some people have said that, you know, it's a bit bit just pretty lady character but maybe i'm an ignorant man but i really like lovely and i really like that i'll show him as songs um i can't really speak for the rest of the script itself but i like those i like him as songs and maybe the echo song duet is better in some ways but that'll show him although it doesn't give a complete agency gives her enough agency that the song can be enjoyable and i, I like the song i like the song 
we'll we'll get to that in a moment. Um, Jerry Zachs, who directed the big 90s revival, which started off with Nathan Lane and was huge success, then uh, mm. Whoopi Goldberg, and then... Oof. I know, yeah, we're recording. <laughs> <laughs> well, originally, we were supposed to record this before... Um, Wolfie Goldberg was 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 fired from the view. And I have no doubt that we would have spent a good 30 minutes just saying how much we loved Wolfie Goldberg. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and there will be a bit of this, I, you know, people, you know, people are complicated beings. Wolfie Goldberg is absolutely excellent. Um, I'm glad we did Sister Act because she's on the poster for our Sister Act production. You can't do that. That's that's you can't just use her likeness. I, I can. She she owns the rights, so she's part of it. She comes as part of the package. <laughs> oh, sister act with Whoopi Goldberg and Jennifer Saunders in London. Oh, oh, I was going to book for that. Oh, oh I would come with you. Yeah. Looks like they're looking for a uh, a new Dolores. <laughs> <laughs> Jennifer Saunders is going to double up. She's going to do both. She's going to have to keep running on and off. Like, oh, Dolores, you're here. Oh, where's Mother Superior? She's in the bathroom. Uh, it becomes a farce. It becomes even more farce. Are you wearing... Uh... <laughs> um, comedy tonight. Um, <laughs> absolutely joyous. I'm going to ruin one of my top five lyrics. The final list of comedy tonight. You know... Quartzans and Unix, and then bumblers, 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 no royal cut. Uh, just absolutely delightful rhyming. And just joyous. It brings a smile to your face. I can't listen to comedy tonight without smiling. I just absolutely love it. Uh, which then brings us into any any final thoughts we're on comedy tonight? I really like it. Mm. Um, which brings us into the next song, Hero's original song, um, Love I Hear. In the film, he's played by Michael Crawford, and they cut his songs. Oh. Uh, Michael oh. Crawford's delightful. But he can sing. He can sing. Yeah. The music of the night. <laughs> you little lying Delilah. <laughs> um, I do love Michael Crawford. Um, but at this time, of course, he was just Frank Spencer. What was Frank Spencer's catchphrase? Oh, Betty. Oh, that's it. Oh, Betty, yes. (laughs) Um, I also like just, uh, I also like, um, dee, 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 I hum a lot too. (laughs) You know, like everybody's just commenting on the the mania that they're going through with this love. Originally conceived to be sung directly to Philia, and then it was thought better to have it sort of as a pining... um, Joanna-esque number, actually, <laughs> singing at a window. Um, do you like Love I Hear, Will? It's a nice sort of introduction yeah, to the it's, it's a good intro- yeah, character introduction. Yeah. Uh, which then brings us into... Uh, oh, I... Mm, this brings us then into Free, and I'm wondering... Mm, it's not in my top four. It's not in my top four either. Oh. I thought that could have been your wild card. It's a, it's, it's a contender. It's good. It's very good. Should we do it this? I think we should gonna start doing it this way. Number right. by number, reveal it. A bit like when we did the rankings. So free isn't on any of our lists. Okay. Um, 
so Nathan Lane and Brian Darcy James performed this uh, at the President's, I believe it was like the, a celebration of musical theatre or something. It's the same evening where Elaine Stritch performs I'm Still Here, but forgets all the words um, and then remembers them as it goes on and uh, makes me cry every time. Um, just absolutely sensational. Uh, anyway, um, but Nathan Lane, just absolute masterful performance um there are a lot there is quite a bit of footage actually of nathan lane as Subalus. um and yeah he's my favorite Subalus without a shadow of a doubt i love nathan lane um he's just a i mean he's a better performer than zero mustel i'm sorry he's a better singer uh he's a better actor and zero mustel is very good and very fun and he originated the role and we've got a lot to say about zero mustel later but um for me, I prefer Lane. I'd, and maybe that's just because I absolutely love Nathan Lane. Um, I want to look at Nathan Lane's entire Broadway oeuvre. Talk about Nathan Lane, Will. Um, I won't, because I've just come across Zodiac, the, the musical. Zodiac, the musical? Oh, no, it's not. The, no, David Shire did the music for... Zodiac! <laughs> so... Zodiac yes. musical. I'd watch that. David Shire did do the the did do the incidental music for some diet for funny thing I've done with the forum. I think I, I think that we're onto something there. But also did the music for Zodiac. <laughs> yes. Um, oh, I I the is that your watch? I'm not the Zodiac, and even if I was, I wouldn't tell you. In the the basement scene. Oh, yeah. Come down to my basement. I can't. I won't come down to my basement. Not many people have basements in California. Well, I do. Well, you do. Who do? Oh. And there's like five doors and everyone's got trapped up one lock them in time to the... Oh, yeah, that could be good. Um... Mom and coaster. Oh, I'm on. It's <laughs> in this house. It's a roller coaster. Tell me who signed that movie poster. Not my best. Um, <laughs> what a thrill. What word do we know will be used in this? <laughs> it's kill. That gives us the K, the I, the L, L. When they're trying to figure out the code, they could do supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. really docious. K. And I uh, don't know why I did Supercolor French this Velodocious to the tune of Do Re Mi. <laughs> um, I want a list of nominations. No, I don't want a list of awards and nominations. I want his entire Broadway. Oh, why can't they make it just easier? Um, he was in a show. He was in a. <laughs> he was in. There was a series of children's books that were made into a show called George and Martha about two hippos. That sounds like um, Who's Afraid? I know. Why would they call them two hippos, George and Martha? <laughs> now, now I want to see Nathan Lane as George. Um, I think that could work, actually. I but only, in a, only in a musical. <laughs> <laughs> who's Afraid? Who's Afraid the musical? Who's afraid? I'm afraid. Anyway, we can't just do that. We could do this all day. She died. She died. Now, his voice were blue, his eyes were blue. 
Um, I think I understand now. <laughs> uh, great stuff, great stuff. It's the thing that every slave should have, the right to be. And soon I, and soon I will have the right to buy a slave for me. Just that wonderful, hilarious hypocrisy. You know, he's going to be free. And so he can buy his own slave. <laughs> and, uh, and just the joyous ending. Say it. Spell it. F-R-D. Know the long way. Uh, free. Um, again, just pure, de pure delightful. We could perform this in a cabaret, Will, I feel. You could be. Hero. Sundam rewrote it for the film with more scenarios to take advantage of the camera. So like they could, you know, see me being pickled for prosperity and they and it could be like a dream sequence and that would be really fun. But that was too interesting for the film. And so it was cut. And it's really weird. All of where the songs should be, they keep the entire dialogue before the song. So literally they have, you'll be free. I'll be free. And then it just weirdly cuts. It's so weird. It's terrible. Don't watch that. Don't waste your time. Everybody ought to have a name. It's terrible. Absolutely terrible. One of the worst films I've seen in some time, I'll be honest. It was directed by Richard Lester, Will. And I believe that you watched Hard Day's Night recently and said that this is quite bad. Yeah, I've never been a big Hard Day's Night fan, I have to say. And I'm one of the biggest Beatles fans in the world. And Hard Day's Night is arguably my favourite Beatles album. So it's like it's it's a, it's an odd one. Which brings us then to Pretty Little Picture. Often cut, because basically, plot-wise, it's completely superfluous, because they don't get on the boat. <laughs> that part of their plot completely falls through. But... It's absolutely beautiful. And the rhyming lyricism is so delightful and so soft and melancholic. Not melancholic, Christ alive. Uh, but um, so beautiful. Again, this is one of my favourite lyrics. Um, your arms entwined, you're still below and far behind at the edge of the day. The bong of the bell and the buoy in the bay and the boat in the bay and the bride are away. It's a pretty little picture. And just absolutely beautiful. Uh, alliteration, bouncing and bouncing and bouncing. Uh, another, I'm going to ruin my top five lyrics just straight away. Uh, I From Love I Hear. I pine, I blush, I squeak, I squawk. Today I woke, too weak to walk. Just absolute beautiful um, flowing lyricism. Lit, lit, lyricism. Lyricism. Oh, anyway, I give up speaking. Um, Will, any thoughts on uh, British Little Picture? I think it's very nice. I, I, I agree with you about the, uh, the lyrics. Is this if in I, your... If I wrote down my favourite lyrics... No, you would have one of those too. <laughs> um, is that in your top four, Will? No. No? Interesting. Is it, in it is, but I think I know what your wild card is and I think I may... I can swap, but anyway, we'll get to that in a moment. Uh, it was so the entire show, the role of Pseudolus, was originally written to play to the talking strengths of Phil Silvers, um, who would go on to star in the first revival. Uh, and Phil Silvers, one of his great comedic gifts was this fast-paced rhythmic talking. Uh, his most famous role was Sergeant Pilko, which Steve Martin later would make into a 
bad movie in the 90s. Um, but yeah, that was his big comedic character. And many people, when uh, he was flouted, sort of tossed it off as, you know, just Sergeant Bilko and a toga. Um, which obviously is quite far from the truth. Uh, this, these are two Sundime comments. Funny and clever are two different things. Now, that sort of goes against what he says later about how he wished um, he w- the songs he wrote less funny songs. If he wrote, if I wanted to write less funny songs, then surely he would be happy with a little picture. Um, who knows? How do you feel, Will? I think keep them for it. They've got an, in- an interval to have a break. <laughs> I True. say, let it crash. I say, let it crash. Uh, no, yeah, Pretty Little Picture um, is often cut anyway. Sometimes the ironic truth is that Pretty Little Picture, wrong as it is for forum, is one of my favourite lyrics. Oh. Um, I don't know why it's cut. I just... Why bother? <laughs> I mean, this goes into like my when I was talking about like when I talked about Titanic and just say just put in all the deleted scenes. <laughs> but it's just like why cut such a great song? I guess he wanted it to be tight. Yeah, who knows? Uh, which leads us into obviously the most outrageous, funny, brilliant song in the show. Uh, everybody ought to have a made. Just absolute joyous <laughs> laughter. Um, oh, wouldn't you be delicious, tidying up the dishes, neat as a pin. Do you have a favourite lyric, Will, that jumps to mind? I know you didn't note any down. I, I didn't note any down, I'm afraid. I have, uh, you know, I, I greatly enjoy leaning, oh, what is it, Give, sleeping in, giving out. Oh, <laughs> uh, I want to talk about this. Acknowledging of the jokes. I think it sort of gives a nice joy to it, especially in Everybody Ought to Have a Maid. Just like pe- the, the repeated, just, oh, you know, like they love how witty they've been. And obviously there's a bit, huge one in comedy tonight of um, something that's gaudy, nothing that's gaudy, something that's bawdy, something for everybody, comedy tonight. And Jeffrey Rush performed it in Melbourne a couple of years back. And he just goes so ham there's something for every body. Oh, and he goes, oh, <laughs> it's like, oh, I made that joke. How dare I? And, and I like that. I think you've got to have a little bit of that. Now, a, too much of that can drive me absolutely insane. <laughs> but a little bit um, is, is delightful. Um, when, when fl- fetching a slipper will be winsome as a whipper will and graceful as a grouse. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> um, trying to think who could, I guess we'd just have to do it as a duet. We'd have to. Yeah, I don't trust anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> I don't trust many people. But again, maybe that's from, I don't know, watching fans from the opera and receiving a text halfway through. Um, in oh, in, in story. In uh, Hatbox, the collected lyrics of Stephen Sondheim, where Stephen Sondheim comments on the lyrics of the shows, he puts, uh, oh, wouldn't you be delicious, tidying up the dishes. He put, not a perfect rhyme, but I make no claims to impeccability. <laughs> um, any other thoughts, Will, on that? Uh, how do you feel about the 
stop-start nature of it and like the three reprises of it back to back to back to back to back. I like it. I like it. Because it's like, oh, I have another one. Oh, no, let's keep going. Yeah, go on. Oh, go on. <laughs> oh, go on then. And it kind of <laughs> leads us into what we were just talking about, like the enjoying the show. Um, the enjoying the show aspect of it is 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 just so intrinsic. And again, perhaps is the ultimate tightrope that you've got to walk. Uh, the, yeah, it, it, you, it's the tightrope to walk because if it's not, because if it's indulgent, I could go completely, completely mad. And we're going to talk about Zero Mustel in a moment um, and how he sort of started. That's, that's the one I listened to, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I listened yeah. to Zero Mustel. No, the original Broadway album's excellent and, and he can sing very well. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to, Oh, I, when it comes to his personal antics, anyway, we'll get to that in a moment. Um, then we come to I'm Calm, which in actuality is the role that Will would play of Hysteria. <laughs> and that's not a bad thing, Will. No, I, I think I play it very well. And you're modest too. Uh, what, Will, as a future Hysteria, uh, what did you think of the, what, the song I'm Calm? Um, I, I, it, it was very... Um, not getting married today vibe. Yes, just lacking the, the 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 great lyrics and the patter and the performance. <laughs> I'm not a big fan. I'm sorry. I think it's perfectly fine, and I'm sure it'd be fun to play, and I'm sure it'd be fun to oh, watch. This is why you. At least I'm the chief slave. What's that? If I were to play Hysterium. Yeah, but I'd, yeah, but who gets the final bow? Sorry, Will. Sorry. You know what's weird? They Go don't on. in Wicked, uh, they don't have a final bow. They're Alphaba and Glinda bow together and then they hug. Oh, how delightful. Oh my give, god. Give her the give Alphaba that bow. Give it Alpha the final she just bow. Sounds in a bubble for most of it. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, perfect. Yeah, really good song, but like pop. Uh, yeah. <laughs> perfect uh, isn't a song. Popular is a song. Popular isn't it? Yeah. Popular. <laughs> will will repeatedly say. Do you know his name? Can we give some this man a name? Uh, we can't. I'm yeah. Uh, there's a very funny man on TikTok who does Mandy Patinkin impressions, and Will sends me them every single time. Popular, um, very good stuff. Um, which then leads us into Impossible, which is one of my sneaky favourite songs in the show. Is that in your top four, Will? No. Oh, Impossible. Impossible is not in your top four. It's not. It's not in my top four, actually. Okay, no. so now, uh, okay, so this is going to be more difficult than I thought. It is. <laughs> oh no. Um, uh, I absolutely love. Impossible. I think it's a great funny duet. I think it's perfect. I think it's so funny. Yeah. And the situation is fraught, fraughter than I thought. <laughs> um, yeah, that's me realizing that we're not going to have three of the four songs. Um, I, 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 I love this song. I think it's excellent. Oh, I think I know. It's, it's dawning on me what your four songs are going to be. Is it? Oh. 
It's, it, it's dawning on me. Uh, Sondheim exemplifies the difference between funny and clever. It's funny because the situation and the attitudes of the characters are funny. Senex lying about his age is more theatrically satisfying than all the alliteration in the world. The important thing is that it gives something for the actors to play rather than recite. I mean, any actor's going to have a field day on. You know, he, he's, he's a lovely lad of 20. I'm 39. Impossible. You know, it's possible. Yeah, yeah. And that back and forth. Very good. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's possible. Um, the, um, uh, absolutely phenomenal. Great stuff. Um, Will's just texted me, can we finish in 20 minutes? So I may be speaking faster than normal. Um Yes, it, Impossible is a is an absolutely delightful song. Um, and that'd be a better, that's a better duet. I could be Senex, but you could be Hero. Um, um, yeah, no, I think, yeah, if we were to do a duet, we'd do that one. Is this going to be the final, are we going to do a live stream at the end of these 20 episodes and <laughs> perform songs? I wonder who would watch <laughs> Uh, end of Act One is Bring Me My Bride, which I think is a bizarre end of Act One. Is yeah. this in your top four songs, Will? No. 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 Oh, I mean, it's not in mine, but I I don't know. What on earth have you picked? <laughs> oh, my God. Have you picked the Comedy Tonight reprise? No, don't, don't be silly. Don't be silly. Uh, I think you have picked a reprise, though. I have. Yes, I know. Yeah. You have, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know what your fourth song would be. Oh no! Oh no! Oh Jesus! Okay, right. Okay, bring me my bride. Really funny song. Really great. Um, one of my favourite lyrics. Uh, there are villages to plunder. Well, sorry, I have no time to lose. There are towns to plunder, temples to burn, and women to abuse. Just the absolute scummiest man. He's just like he's coming to have sex with his wife once. Just so that he has one, so that he has a wife, and, and I mean, just opens with that those two hilarious yeah. gags. We didn't only fight, but we won, right? But we won two, one, two, yeah. one, two. Yeah, <laughs> just an incredible opening line. Everybody make way. I ha I make very large steps. It's great. It's and, great. Yeah. and there isn't anybody left, right, right, left, left, right. Just, yeah. just hilarious. Great, great stuff. I am a parade. That lyric is a direct translation from the original Plautus plays. That is a joke that's over mm. a thousand years old, and it feels like it too. If you if it puts you at ease, this and um, free were both my contenders to to be. That neither of those are in my top four. Well, you know my top four now. I, I told do. you. I do actually. Um, and also because I've put provisionally those four songs in the uh, ultimate Sundown song canon because I found good versions. Because the way that the Sundown canon, as you do, you, you obviously follow it. Uh, I follow what? The ultimate Sundown playlist. No. What? I this is a playlist we're making. Playlists. Oh, the playlist that me and you are making. Now I've just been looking at the, the Excel document. I've. I've made it, and I've put the best versions of each song in. Okay. Uh, yeah, the best versions of each song. Um, it has one like. Who likes it? Can I see who likes it? Huh. Interesting. Um, 
that me, yeah, me and you are making it, uh, but I'm putting in the best versions of each song from each show. Uh, so, that, so that there's not like just Imelda put, singing uh, all four Gypsy songs. I'll say, it's interesting, you've got Patty Lacone, uh, Rose's Turn. I've done Patty's Rose's Turn. I've done everybody's. This is available to all of you. Can... Some people, I don't like Andrew Lawrence At all? No. Oh, Will. She's great in Nanny McPhee. She's great, full stop. She's Angela Lansbury. Are you gonna? Are we gonna have to have loads of? I'm, I'm not. Well, I'm not litigating Angela Lansbury hate on our Sweeney Todd Sweeney Todd 1982 episode. I don't like her at all. At all? Um, not really. I don't think she should do musical theatre personally. What the fuck is this opinion? <laughs> Be. <laughs> what the hell is this? Thanks the Lord, and I've been blessed. Wives been poured, and thank the Lord, I've had the napkins freshly pressed. <laughs> why did oh, why I'm did this? Get lots of hate now. You are going to get lots of hate. Who doesn't like Angela Lansbury? <laughs> As I said, she's great in Nanny McPhee. Nanny McPhee. <laughs> oh well, you're not finishing in 15 minutes because we have to litigate Angela. Your lands, <laughs> your lambasting of Lansbury. Oh wow. Oh, oh, Jesus Christ. You know what? We're going to have to put a pin on it because it's going to, I'm going to, and then we'll have to schedule four hours for our Sweeney Todd 1982 uh, episode. Bonus episode. <laughs> bonus episode. Will railing Angela Lansbury. Uh, right. uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I mean, Will. it's, uh, yeah. It's, I don't uh, want to be dark. I reckon that I get a lot of views. I don't want to be dark. It's February. Angela yeah. Lansbury. You're gonna, it's the next thing you're gonna, that's going to come out of your mouth, her age. Yes. Angela Lansbury <laughs> is 96 years old. This episode comes out in September. Oh, no. Is there, is, there is a distinct possibility <laughs> that in this next, in the, seven, in the six, seven months between this episode being recorded and this episode coming yeah. out, that Angela Lansbury <laughs> passes. And oh, we I have to do a dedication, just like Mary Berry. Just like Mary Berry. I cannot wait for no Angela Lansbury. I don't want Angela. I don't. I don't want Angela Lansbury to die. No, I don't want her to die. <laughs> well, you want Angela want Lansbury. Well, I, I. This is terrible. So, do you not even like Beauty and the Beast? Do you prefer fucking Emma I Thompson? No, I don't. I don't. Oh. I don't. I know. I think she's fine in Beauty and the Beast. I was I was up home for a, a family passing. I don't know why I said that. I could have just said it was up home. Oh. <laughs> but, uh, and they were watching Beauty and the Beast, the, the modern remake. And I was upstairs. I was watching, like, I don't know, some probably some 70s crime film. But anyway, and I came down and my mum was watching it. And she was like, I forgot it was Emma Thompson. That was the first thing she said. Does she not like Emma Thompson? Who likes Emma Thompson? She's great in Nanny McPhee. <laughs> <laughs> Wait till we talk about Whoopi Goldberg. She's great in Nanny McPhee. Oh my God, we've got so much to talk about. Uh, that dirty old man, is that in your top four? No. I'm confused. Also, Act is very short. So I'll get that one in now. Song-wise. Song-wise, yeah, yeah, yeah. That old, uh, that old, that dirty old man. Um, a nice enough song, but the the final, the final lyric, that dirty, dastardly. Sondheim has said, final rhymes are right out of the, 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 the oh my Jesus Christ, the thesaurus. Uh, then it's that will show him another love song, uh, the Echo song. Is that in your top four? Um, 
Adam. Sorry, I've just had an email saying someone's recommended me to be the Student Union Activities and Development Officer. Oh, thank you. Yeah, well, do, do, can I not release this episode now with Angela no, Lansbury? You with I... you <laughs> hating Angela Lansbury. <laughs> This is oh, gonna be this is gonna be your Whoopi Goldberg moment. <laughs> You're gonna get fired. <laughs> My hatred of Angela, Angela Lansbury is not about musical theatre. <laughs> oh god, this is uh, great stuff. We haven't even gotten yeah. to Goldberg yet. Um, so your obviously one of your songs is the reprise of Lovely. It is. I think it's very good. I enjoy it a lot, and it's yeah. very sundown. It's this. Singing on top of each other, being a bit that sort of thing. Mm. So I liked it. And it's also it's it also feels very self-conscious because lovely yes. is just a pure, beautiful duet. Yeah. And it does have a little bit of wit about it, but it does sort of feel like Sundam going, I'm uh, not I'm not just gonna write that beautiful love song and not have any joke about it. Um yeah. and also again, what makes this song work is that halfway through Hysterium gets into the drag. Yeah. And it's like, I need flowers. You know, if this was just a song of, um, if this was just a song of, I'm in, oh, I'm in a dress. Oh, I'm in a dress. I don't like being in a dress. I don't know what that Frank Spencer voice was. But, it, you know, it would not have aged well. And it would be that sort of... Um, well, I think that impression's aged well. Yeah, neither do Frank Spencer. Um, but, yeah, when he's like, we need jewellery. We need flowers. Yeah. And it's just, and, and they yeah. get into it's it. Great. And it's absolutely delightful. Yeah. Um, this is Sondheim. A reprise has still to have a purpose beyond trying to get the song to be an earworm for the hit parade. Um, so there was an all-male production uh, directed by a woman um, at the at New Jersey Silver Creek, uh, Silver Creek, New Jersey, whatever. Um, and it was all male. So that obviously further complicated the farcical mm. complications because um, Philia was already in drag. So, yeah. you know, it, so, you know, wonderful stuff. Sondheim. As with the best of Chaplin, this the humanity peeking through the silliness made for radiant comedy. Beautiful stuff. So what is your fourth song? Is it Love I Hear? Uh, it's uh, it's funeral sequence song. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, like it. I think it's very beautiful. Yeah, I like it too. <laughs> okay. Talk about funeral sequence, Will. Like, ex, uh, <laughs> um, I, I'd happily put a, another one in there. No, I no, just... it's all right. Talk about this, but no, talk about it now. It's not going to go in, so have your chance to. <laughs> no, I think it's very. It's sort of the the orchestra kicks in and everyone's singing. On, I just think it's quite nice. Yes, it is beautifully orchestrated. Yeah, it's very good. Which leads us into comedy tonight reprise finale. My father and mother get one another something for everyone. A tragedy comedy. tonight. <laughs> Say it again. Uh, I said comedy by accident. You, you may have heard. Yes, I, I did hear that. <laughs> um, it's probably because you were so focused on uh, your favourite song in the whole world, funeral sequence <laughs> being kicked out of the <laughs> top four songs. Um, let's do the top four songs now and add let's them to the it. canon. So comedy tonight is a lock. Everybody yeah. ought to have a maid is a lock. So yeah. your two other songs were lovely reprise and funeral yeah. sequence. I've yeah. gone for what? pretty little picture and impossible. Um, let's put impossible in there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
do we now have to choose either funeral sequence or pretty little picture? Yes, that's how it works. yes, that's how it works. Well, let's um, do pretty little picture. Okay, hey, <laughs> look at this. Uh, I could give you, um, what was your, I could give you a lovely reprise if you want. I just, I don't know. I, this is the thing that we keep coming up against. What are we choosing? Um, we're choosing lovely reprise. No, I don't mean that. I mean, like, what are we choosing? Are we choosing the best lyrics? Are we choosing the best overall songs? This is the, like, this is the, the inherent problem. As a whole. Like, this is the inherent problem with Rose's Turn being our favourite song. <laughs> when it's, when, well, actually, not Rose's Turn. Uh, Something's Coming being our favourite song, when that is half Bernstein. Um, so, one minute. Uh, everybody else. Well, I think that's going to change in a minute. We'll see. Okay, so pretty little picture or, uh, or uh, lovely reprise. I think it's time for the cards, Well, because I feel strongly about both. So let's get the cards out. The card is, the first card is a jack. Yeah. <laughs> no. Okay, so it's red. 50-50 chance, Will. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 we'll do higher or lower, obviously. Do you think it's good? Wait, what's what's a better chance for me? Is it is higher or lower a better chance or 50-50 a better chance? Um, well, if I get to pick. You get, you're picking because I uh, have I'm, the card. 50-50 is a better chance. Okay, 50-50. Yeah. I'm going to shuffle them. Is this top card black or red, Will? Red. Yeah, I don't know why I picked the jack out. <laughs> this is a terrible, this is a terrible <laughs> game. Right, okay. Here we go. It's red. Oh, so lovely reprise enters the cannon. I'm a, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. Yeah, that sounds it. <laughs> uh, I'm fine. I'm, <laughs> I'm fine. No, 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 no. I'm fine. <laughs> So, um, have you got the uh, Excel in front of you? Yeah. Where do you want to put... I think Lovely Reprise is our bottom of the four. Yeah. Where does Lovely Reprise come in? I, I could put that, at, like, absolute bottom, if I'm honest. Yeah, I can do that. Yeah, I think that. Um, lovely Reprise. Lovely Respite. <laughs> Which, uh, oh, repros, <laughs> lovely reprise. Eh, clear. Um, where should we put impossible? Um, For me, it's that... under together where, wherever we go, but I don't know. Yeah, and then it's probably under invocations and instructions yeah. for me. Um, say... And then above love is in the air. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah. Now, for me, I comedy tonight, and everybody ought to have a made. These are like so far. These can go in the top far uh, in top six for me. Um, yeah, I would say. I think oh, they're both above quintets. Yeah. Oh, that's what I was, I was about to say. So they can go. And also, I like the fact that we're getting more Sunday music and lyrics in the top five. Yeah. 
that feels nicer to me. But well, uh, roses too. <laughs> yes. Well, I think we can keep Rose's turn at top currently. Then something's coming. Uh, I, think, I think these two sandwich everything's coming at Rose's. And something's coming? No. Oh, right, I understand. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah, sounds good. What's better, though? Comedy Tonight or Everybody Ought to Have a Maid? Made. I was going to say the exact same thing. Oh, sometimes we click. And sometimes we don't when you want to besmirch <laughs> the name of one of our greatest national treasures. Um, so what's left to talk about? We, we, I, talking a little bit more about the film. Um, these, so Zero Mostel, they brought him in. They said he needs to be in the film. And he said he'd be in it with director approval. These were the six directors he offered. Charlie Chaplin. Mike Nichols. Orson Welles, Jean Renaud, and Seth Holt, and Richard Lester. And eventually they went with Richard Lester. Uh, it's got cinematography by Nicholas Rogue, who we've talked about here with Don't Look Now, <laughs> director of the beautifully haunting tragedy Don't Look Now. It's Buster Speakin, Buster Speakin, Buster Speakin, Buster Keaton's final film role. And he looks absolutely miserable and sad. <laughs> and like he can't move because of years of injuries. It's such a bad movie. So, so bad. But let's talk about previous productions. So the original Broadway, Milton Bell was offered the role. Bell was worried that his best lines would be cut during the rehearsal process and so demanded final script approval. He was dropped because they're not doing that. So Zero Mostel was brought in. This is Larry Gelbart on Zero Mostel. Zero was a giant. He was a giant talent and a giant pain in the ass. But there was very few leading men, and leading men in the conventional sense are snapped up for the pictures. But Zero has no major movie career, so he could afford to return to the theatre. Um, so, so obviously he was a huge star, and he'd been in Fiddler on the Roof. He'd played, um, if I was Tevye. a rich man, he played, what's the name of the lead? Tevye. Tevye. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that was a huge success. But here's the thing with Zero Mostel. He would um, ad-lib all the time. Oh, sounds familiar. <laughs> yes, but I didn't ad-lib in Fiddler on the Roof. <laughs> <laughs> a very touching drama, Jewish saga. You know, here we go. This is Sondheim. The minute he got to New York and became a star from the reviews, he would be doing things like announcing the results of the heavyweight fight from the stage, wish everyone a happy Halloween, imitate the other actors. <laughs> he did that in Fiddler too, which was even less seemly. At least forums seemed to be this loose farce, so that as obnoxious as the ad-libbing was, the audience could take it. And then 11 years later, uh, Zero Mistel opened a pseudolus again for a limited engagement, and he told Watergate jokes. <laughs> oh, no. Just like, where do you, where does this come in? Now, you were talking about my ad-libbing, Will. Have I ever ad-libbed not in character and perfect for the scene and all that sort of thing? Sure. I've never done the whole, like, genie in Aladdin thing of like just doing a Jack Nicholson impression or, you know, like doing that sort of thing. Like Hugh Jackman. Of Shimon's in the crazy. I did, I did throw in a couple of Shimon's. Um, <laughs> yes. Only on the final night because they gave me that red jacket 
as a prank. Yeah. They were like, ha, 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 we're going to put a silly hat on him. Um, but I obviously had my, this is, Will needs to finish in two minutes, apparently, that we cannot do, cannot relive the happiest days of my life. London production starred Frankie Howard as Sudalus and John Pertwee was in it of, of Doctor Who fame. Then 1972, with Phil Silvers, who the role was originally written for. Better reviews than before. However, Silvers had a stroke, and the show uh, had a loss of its entire 280 million investment. It would later be produced again with Silvers, um, but uh, yeah, the, it, it sort of was, of course, a failure because of that unfortunate reason. Uh, 1996, here we go. Nathan Lane, directed by Jerry Zachs. Just absolute smash critical commercial everybody absolutely loves it and um, when the show uh oh we'll talk about that in a moment um just absolute joy uh nathan lane there was a film there was a joke originally written for the show that was then cut because it was anachronistic and then it was put into the film and then nathan lane loved the joke so much he was put back in and that was nathan lane with a bottle of champagne going was one a good year Oh, just a great yeah. joke, but it was cut because it was anachronistic. And there was the, the writers of the show were very firm about it being completely believable, dialogue-wise and all that sort of thing, to not be anachronistic. But Nathan Lane loved the joke so much. And he really loves that joke because um, I saw The Nance with Nathan Lane, a very, very funny play. And in that, he says, was this year a good year for wine? Just a great, he just really likes that joke. <laughs> And of course, there's that famous scene in Lion King where he goes, was this swamp a good year for swamps? It sounds like you're terrible at like, dinner parties. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, Nathan. Jesus Christ, Nathan Lane. Um, love, love Nathan Lane. Who, who invited Nathan Lane? <laughs> who invited Nathan Lane again? He's doing the wine joke. Um, and then, who's going who's gonna to replace Nathan Lane? We need a star. We need a name. We need Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> okay. Um, what will you start? Well, I was thinking for... Um, it, it's um, Stanek who sings uh, Everybody Ought to Have Made, isn't it? And, and then so, Sudalus. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, I th I was, the guy who plays Bert in Mad Men came into mind. Oh, Robert Morse. Yeah. yeah. Well, of course, Robert Morse is of that old Broadway caliber. You know, yeah. he was in uh, the original How to Succeed in Business, a film that's actually aged very well. I like that film. That film is good. I think Hugh Jackman would be a great hero. Wait a minute. Are we talking about. No, 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 no. Hold off on Dreamcast. I've got one minute to talk about Whoopi Goldberg. She would throw all these great New York City apartment buildings, and then David Allen Greer took over the role. Uh, Lane won loads of awards. Uh, Jerry Zachs directed it and it was choreographed by Ron Marshall. Uh, there's a lot of footage of um, Whoopi Goldberg performing and it's a very specific delivery. Like in the Jerry Zachs production of Comedy Tonight, they had this great gag where open up the curtain and, and they would have like in the matter of seconds, this huge tragedy scene and all these great waves and, and they're doing like a scene from Medea and there's a, like a dead child. And then Nathan Lane would go, tragedy tomorrow. <laughs> and then, and it's this huge, and there's huge laugh. That's and then there's, Nathan Lane. Thank you. Uh, 
<laughs> I say kill the doctors. <laughs> Wait till we do the birdcage. Oh, fuck, I gotta love the birdcage. Um, fuck the senator. Uh, anyway, so Nathan Lane, so then when Whoopi does it, she goes, nah, ah, 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 ah. Tragedy tomorrow. <laughs> like there's just no screaming. She just oh, goes, tragedy tomorrow. Comedy tonight. <laughs> I just find that very funny. Um, oh no, it's maybe Whoopi Goldberg. Uh, we'll, we'll return to the theatre. Uh, <laughs> Stephen Sondheim Centre for the Performing Arts in 2008 did a production with Richard Kind. Uh, Richard Kind's great. Then Jeffrey Rush did it, and we talked about blah, uh, blah, 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 blah. Uh, Dreamcasts. Nathan Lane's still fine. Nate, I mean, yeah. Zero Mastel would have been like 75 or something. He looks like he's going to die all throughout that film. Just cast Nathan Lane in a film. However, Josh Gad. Yeah, now that is your modern day casting, isn't it? Josh Gad, and I don't think he would be that bad. No, I think it would be very good. It's very good in Book of Mormon. Well, this is the thing. I think people forget about Book of Mormon because they think yeah. of... Uh, oh, wow. Frozen heart. Frozen heart. True love. Oh, Jesus Christ. Right, I'm just going to say it. I would see Frozen Live. The Olaf puppet is just so weird. <laughs> and it's his head is right in front of his crotch and the carrot sticking out. I oh, don't no. know who didn't see this, but it looked, I don't know who didn't, I don't know. But it was, anyway, anyway. Um, uh, however, Will, I do have a nightmare cast. Usually we have dream casts. Oh Here's a nightmare cast. Who's another big boned, jolly individual who has starred in multiple films and musicals? No, not no, not James Gordon. Not James, James Gordon. I can see completely. Yeah, no, I see yeah. I can. I like literally. If if a ver film version of Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Forum was announced, I would immediately go. Please don't be James Gordon. <laughs> like I would pray. I would <laughs> That's grab what my, everyone says whenever there's a new musical announced. I would take up my rosary. <laughs> God, please, that is Gordon. Um, Do you think he's going to appear as Bach in the upcoming Wicked? Who's Bok? People keep saying Bok. Is Bok the guy who becomes Scarecrow? No, he's Tin Man. Uh, sure. Is Bok like funny? I don't know. Yeah, he's like a little funny guy. Is, is James is, Corden if, funny? <laughs> if I were in Wicked, I would be Bok. Probably. Typecast. True, two true facts. We went to see Wicked with my grandma Chris at Leeds Grand. And we, were in, and we were in the absolute gods. And she watched the entire show and then afterwards went, why did those monkeys have wings? And my mum had to say, it's Wizard of Oz, Chris. She goes, oh, right. And so then I thought, wait, did she not know it was Wizard of Oz? Did she think this was a separate witch tale? And then also, she... <laughs> the people in front of us was a dad and a child and the dad turned around and said, excuse me, um, can you stop kicking my daughter in the back of her head, please? <laughs> oh, great stuff. Um, and uh, we come to the end. Final notes from Sondheim are a mixed bag. It's kind of bittersweet. The tryouts were a disaster and it grew resentment between the three creators, but the premiere was a huge success. The writing of it, the show was wonderful, but everything critically praised 
everything bar the songs. The show won and was nominated for loads of Tonys, again, apart from the score. And the only major consolation was the immense amount of money. And it was, and it's still his biggest hit um, in an original Broadway run. Um, so a mixed bag for old uh, Stephen there. I would say my summary. I felt it was very Mel Brooks. Yes, it has lots of, it feels a lot like um, uh, the entire history of the world part one. Like, especially with that, like that Roman period when he, when, when he goes to be Arthur for, for like, it's like job employment. And he goes, um, what's your job? Um, which was a good be Arthur. And he goes, I'm a philosopher and I see into people's souls and I tell them the future. Ah, a bullshit artist, you know, that sort of thing. Or when he comes into the Last Supper and he goes, okay, and he's the waiter and he goes, okay, <laughs> now what do we want? Uh, very, very, but... The fuel of Brooks is anachronism. Is Blazing Saddles bursting through the wall? Is um, everybody in Blazing Saddles, you know, all the racial stuff in Blazing Saddles and, and that sort of looking at it from different ways yeah. and all that anachronism and all the anachronism in Young Frankenstein, yeah, what happened? Uh, <laughs> you know, all that just great stuff. And obviously that is the fuel of the entire history of the world part one. Whereas this, as we just talked about with, was one a good year for wine. They were absolutely against Anaka. You really liked yeah. that joke. You just laughed again. I love it. That's great. It's a great joke. I see why he tells it all the time. Yeah. <laughs> if we've learned anything today, it's that it's suddenly very difficult to talk about Whoopi Goldberg in a praising manner. That Nathan Lane loves the same joke, and that Will want, wishes wishes ill of, of, of Angela Lansbury. <laughs> oh God! Um, which brings us to the end of our episode on a funny thing happened on the way to the forum. Uh, glimpse behind the curtain. We're not going to be recording the next one in order, uh, but the next one to be released will be, um, it's a bit of a mashup. Um, even though we're spending three episodes on Company and three episodes on Sweeney Tot, we're spending one episode on three different shows. Um, Evening Primrose, which was his show, uh, like a 50-minute TV special. Do I Hear a Waltz, uh, which is a fine show he did with Richard Rogers. Uh, he just did the lyrics for that. And Anyone Can Whistle which I think will be the biggest sufferer of the uh, restricted length, but will be the one that we most talk about. And which was, of course, his biggest failure in his entire, entire career. Uh, but we'll get to that when we get to that. Um, will, any final thought? Well, you just sort of said that, but any any more yeah. final thoughts on Forum? Uh, very good. I'd like to see, as you said, UK Revival. I'd like to see it in, I'd like to be in it. Well, of course, yes. Of course, yes. wouldn't we all? I'd be in it all. Um, yeah, funny thing happened on the way to the forum. It did indeed. Ba-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba.